Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. As always, my name is Mung Sung. Hey guys, it's the Los. Welcome back. Uh, missed you guys. It's been uh, about two weeks since I've spoken to y'all. Uh, gotten the feedback. Uh, I, I know you guys missed me, so I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, won't try to let work get in the way anymore or anything like that, and uh, I'm here to stay. I mean, come on, Los. You know fantasy is the most important priority in your life, right? I I know, and that's why I'm so. They, they cut <laughs> me deep inside. I was not. I was not happy about this situation whatsoever. So I, I formally apologize to all the addicts, to all my fans, to my super producer, Dan, to you, Mung. I, I apologize. Well, I, I suppose that will be an adequate apology. Okay, um, thank you. <laughs> so we are actually recording this on Tuesday night this week due to some personal conflicts. Um, so we're going to try something new. And uh, we're actually going to preview uh, the Week 11 matchups. Uh, you know, talk about... Um, personal conflict. <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. It's your prerogative. Feel free. Dan, why are we recording on a Tuesday? (laughs) On a Tuesday. All right, we're we're just going to move on. (laughs) Um, So we're actually going to try something new. Hopefully this will help you guys out. And we're going to preview the Week 11 matchups for you. We're going to talk about... Um, you know, different players, kind of what we expect from them fantasy-wise, uh, you know, whether we're upgrading or downgrading, you know, their projected performance based on these matchups. And then we'll also, you know, touch on a, a few possible, you know, daily players as well. Um, so hopefully bear with us. And as always, uh, if you have any feedback uh, after this episode, we we are more than happy to hear what you have to say. Um so we're going to start with the Thursday night matchup here, which is going to be the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, as you know, uh, Thursday games always a little bit odd, and uh, we'll start on the Tennessee side. So Marcus Mariota uh, definitely had a rough week against Carolina last week, um, certainly didn't do a whole lot, but we expect that to change. Um, Jacksonville has been giving up quite a few points to the quarterback position. In fact, uh, I believe they are in the top five uh, in terms of giving up the most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Uh, their secondary certainly not that great, and I actually think that Marcus Mariota is a decent uh, streaming QB2 this week. Yeah, I think he's a good starter this week. Um, th- this game, uh, though though neither team is super exciting, there is the added excitement of uh, the Jags wearing these sweet all-gold uniforms and uh, the Texans or the uh, Titans settling in with the uh, all-baby blues. Um, little uh, little Chargers action. Um, this will be a shootout. I expect both quarterbacks to uh, to do very well. You're probably starting Bortles, and I think Mariota is, is a good streaming option this week. Uh, looking at probably 25 plus points for both teams. Yeah, and as for the Titans running backs, certainly nothing exciting here. Uh, we may finally get to see a little bit of David Cobb, but you're certainly not going to throw him out there as a starter. Um, Antonio Andrews is the main guy for now. Um, Jacksonville is also a decent rushing matchup, um, so I, I think we can expect uh, potential flex-worthy numbers from Andrews. I could see perhaps you know seventy yards, maybe a touchdown if you're lucky. Um, certainly not uh, not huge numbers, but you know if you're desperate, I think Andrews will be fine. Mariota's back; he can spread the ball. I think Andrews is a decent play. 
Yeah, in terms of the wide receivers, uh, I'm trying to avoid all the wide receivers right now, particularly with Kendall Wright and questionable. Um, you know, that MCL injury, we'll see if he actually plays. And even if he does play, he may still be limited. We've seen many uh, many injuries um, of this nature affect the player longer than their actual return. Uh, you know, Antonio Gates is struggling with a similar injury right now and simply uh, can't cut very well. And really for a, a smaller wide receiver like Kendall Wright, uh, he relies on that explosiveness a lot more than, you know, a guy like Gates. For me, it's only one guy at the wide receivers, and it's only if you need a swing for the fences. You've got a lot of guys on by. Um, you know, I've talked about him before. Duriel Greenbeckham, you can't fight with his talent. Um, if you need a swing for the fences, uh, very low floor, but always a high ceiling. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, in terms of the receiving options for Tennessee, Delaney Walker is probably, uh, you know, the most consistent so far this year. Oh, without question. Yeah, he's uh, he's the only one that I would be rolling out there with any sort of with excuse me with any sort of confidence. I could see, you know, somewhere in you know fifty to seventy yards and maybe a touchdown here. Uh, certainly a, a low end tight end one for me. Every uh, week starter, most proven proven pass catcher on that offense right now. Yeah. Um, anything else on the Titans side before we move on to Jacksonville? Uh, no, nothing really. Uh, in terms of the Jaguars. Um, uh, TJ Yeldon might be seeing some time out right now. Uh, you rush into the rush into the waiver wire to gra- put your bids in on Denard Robinson. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'll have faith in Yeldon. Uh, you know, during an interview today, he said that he's good to go for Thursday. He is out of the walking boot, so we'll see. Um, certainly, if you have the bench spot as a Yeldon owner, uh, wouldn't hurt to pick up Robinson, but it all depends on your league situation. Yeah, I think I think you need to pick up Robinson if you're looking to lean on Yeldon this week, um, or at the very least have somebody on your team uh, that that can fill in at your running back spot if you need somebody to fill in, uh, if you can pull him quickly before that Thursday night game goes off if he's not playing so that you can plug somebody in on Sunday. Certainly. And, uh, you know, in terms of the wide receivers here, uh, you're starting both guys. Allen Robinson is a, a legit wide receiver one against a pretty poor Tennessee secondary. And then Allen Hearns, we got good news uh, after some scary news earlier in the week about potentially needing uh, surgery on his groin but now it seems that reports are that uh, he will be fine and he is actually listed as probable for Thursday night at the same time the sports hernia surgery is the same same sort of uh, injury that uh, that was the reason that Arian one of the reasons uh, I think this season yeah preseason Arian Foster um, went ahead and had sports hernia surgery which kept him out for a little bit of practice um, it was enough to pull him off the field I think it might be enough to to hobble a speed receiver like Alan Hearns. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of lot of um, uh, a lot of internal pressure that goes when you're running these deep routes, breathing hard. Uh, and, and Alan Hearns is a deep route runner. Uh, I would be shocked if he keeps the pace that he's put up the rest of the, uh, earlier in the season so far. Yeah, but that being said, uh, you know, as a Hearns owner in a couple different leagues, uh, I'm putting him out there because until I see him actually get, uh, you know, limited by this injury, he's played through uh, a multitude of injuries so far this season, and he's still producing at a, a mid to high end wide receiver two level. And you hope that uh, you hope that continues because you got him for a very low price, and he has a very uh, very nice playoff schedule. Yeah, and if for whatever reason uh, anything does happen to Hearns, uh, Marquise Lee does seem to be getting healthier, uh, returning to the playing field. Uh, both he and Rashad Green would be uh, interesting, uh, you know, desperation replacement options if anything were to happen to Hearns. 
Marquise Lee, a very highly touted prospect uh, pre-draft, um, not pre-fantasy draft, pre-his uh, NFL draft. Uh, if, if Hearns can make it happen, maybe Marquise Lee can too with Blake Bortles. And we certainly did see uh, Marquise Lee have some decent chemistry with Bortles right. last year. Um, on the other hand, uh, somebody we haven't really seen Bortles have that connection with is Julius Thomas. Um, I remember when he was coming back from that hand injury, I was saying, you know, you should go pick him up. You never know. Uh, you know, Julius Thomas, uh, as you said, he could be that tight end being that young uh, quarterback's best friend, but it, it hasn't seemed to work out that way. No, no, it hasn't at all. Uh, I've moved on from him. Yeah, uh, you agree that uh, Julius Thomas is droppable at this point? The pipe dream is over. Yeah, um, certainly against Tennessee, not a bad matchup. Uh, you know, if you own a tight end who is on a bye this week and you just need somebody and the waiver wire is completely barren, maybe give him a shot, but I certainly don't have him. Uh, I have him, you know, clear, clearly outside my tight end one options. Mm-hmm. So the next game we're going to talk about here is going to be Oakland at Detroit, who uh, beat Green Bay at home last yeah. week. I just want to give a quick round of applause to Detroit for beating the Packers. Yeah, if I didn't hate the Lions so much, I'd be more happy for them. You know what? I'll take the Lions win over the Packers. Oh, any day. Any day of the (laughs) week. And a big thank you to Mike Ditka. I know this is early, but ever since he put that Packers jersey on, the Pack's 0-3 and looking bad. Yeah, uh, I certainly can't blame him anymore. Uh, You know, we'll see how how the Packers do after the commercial stops airing in a a week or two. Ditka. Da Bears. Uh, All right. (laughs) Let's talk about Oakland real quick. Um, Yep. I'm starting everybody on Oakland. I don't know what else to say. Detroit's secondary is absolutely awful, um, except it seems like Green Bay's offense was awful. Uh, I'm starting Derek Carr as a QB1. I'm starting Michael Crabtree as a wide receiver, too, and I'm starting Amari Cooper as a wide receiver, too. Probably missed the chance to trade for him if you didn't already. I, I traded for him in the league. Uh, Derek Carr is a, has a great playoff matchup. Of course, uh, the, I think the I think week 13 is Oakland, uh, is, is uh, Denver, but very good matchup from uh, after that. Yeah, and similarly with uh, Latavius Murray, uh, Detroit allowing a ton of red zone rushing attempts, and uh, Latavius Murray hasn't scored since week seven, but I fully uh, expect at least a touchdown here. Of course, you're not saying you're not going to start the tight end, right? I'm sorry you're not going to start the tight end though that's crazy talk oh uh, i mean clive walford uh, that's more of a desperation start he has been right. getting high value targets but certainly not a tight end one for me right so Carr, crabtree murray uh cooper onto onto the onto the lions yeah no, nothing else really needs to be said um, Stafford, I actually don't mind the matchup here for Stafford. He may have been dropped in quite a few leagues. Uh, he certainly hasn't been doing well. Um, but uh, news actually broke today that Alden Smith is suspended now for a year. Um, their pass rush suffers a lot without him. He's a great pass rusher, and it's a boost to any offense, especially any quarterback, especially Matt Stafford, who has a, has a history of getting knocked around. Uh, taking him away is going to do nothing but uh, help Stafford, help, help Calvin. I think even Golden Tate's probably worth a flex start this week. Yeah, I mean, part of the Lions' problems have been their issues on the offensive line, really not being able to protect Stafford. We've seen that Stafford has the arm to get the ball to his receivers if he gets the time. Definitely. Um, yeah, so Stafford for me is a, a high-end quarterback to play this week against Oakland without Alden Smith. Um, for me, that gives his uh, receivers a little bit of a boost too. Calvin Johnson has historically just crushed the Raiders. He's a he, he's a good uh, wide receiver one for me this year. This year or, the, or this week? 
Um, I mean, I still uh this week, but I I do think that uh, his his prospects aren't terribly bleak. If you look at his his last few games, he has been trending upwards a little bit. Yeah, who do you think's going to put up more points this week, Calvin Johnson or Eric Ebron? Who who of course Oakland doesn't know is on the Lions. <laughs> yeah, uh, Oakland uh, doesn't seem to realize that tight ends are allowed to catch the football. Also, um, certainly they've been doing better in the past few weeks. Uh, they haven't allowed quite as many points. But look at look at their matchups. Um, you know, they faced the New York Jets, who don't use their tight ends. Um, Heath Miller and Jesse James combined for about 15 points. So if it had been one tight end, that would have been a pretty good day. Um, and then similarly, last week, Minnesota didn't even need to throw very much uh, because, you know, Adrian Peterson ran for 200 yards. So um, I do believe Cobb dropped a uh, touchdown or uh, what's his name? Kyle Rudolph. He did. Yeah, I, th- I do believe Rudolph dropped a uh, touchdown in the end zone, though, right? Yeah, and uh, if you look at Eric Ebron's targets, he gets a ton from Stafford in the red zone. I, I think Eric Ebron's uh, got a pretty solid chance to score this week as well. Definitely. Um, it, Ebron alone might actually keep Golden Tate from uh, taking off, but I still think he's a solid flex. Yeah, and if you're super desperate, Lance Moore could get a touchdown again. It could happen. Um, so for the running back situation here, uh, it's still Theo Riddick, right? Yeah, I... I'd love to stay away from it, but yeah, Theoretic's the only one. Um, Joik Bell's Bell's finally ascended where I thought he was going to be uh, at the beginning of the season as their lead back, but I I still don't care. Yeah, unfortunately, being the lead back for the Detroit Lions uh, gets you stat lines of 14 rushes for 17 yards, so certainly avoiding (laughs) all all those running backs unless you need Riddick in a PPR league. Yeah. So the next game here is going to be the Indianapolis Colts at the Atlanta Falcons uh, coming off the bye. Um, And on the Colts side, no Andrew Luck. Uh, He's got that, was it, lacerated kidney, and he'll be out for sometime between two and six weeks, but probably closer to the latter. Yeah, is is he worth a drop now? I mean, he's going to be back for what, maybe, like week two of the playoffs? Yeah, um, and even if he is, I don't, I don't know how much you're gonna trust Andrew Luck. Um, I mean, it, it's scary to say. I would hold just to see what the prognosis looks like. If he does come come back, you know, in four weeks or so, certainly could use him. Uh, the, the Colts have a beautiful playoff schedule. They got Jacksonville, Houston, and Miami. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't drop Andrew Luck just yet. Um, but in, ter- in terms of this week, uh, I think Hasselbeck uh, has proved that he's certainly, uh, you know, if efficient enough to get his receiving weapons and, you know, get Gore the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Gore's going to be just fine um, against, especially against Atlanta. In Atlanta, um, he he's able to catch the ball. I, I think a guy that takes a step forward is Kobe Flaner. Uh, Hasselbeck showed a good pen chance, uh, you know, good ability to get the ball to Flaner uh, in the weeks that he was starting. Yeah, I don't mind Fleener simply because Hasselbeck's arm isn't uh, as strong as Andrew Luck's, but just just important to note that the one game with Hasselbeck that Fleener kind of blew up, uh, Dwayne Allen was hurt and out for that game. True, so true. We'll, we'll see how the split actually looks like when both are in. Um, in, ter- in terms of Frank Gore, uh, I certainly like it for him. Uh, Hasselbeck tends to check it down a little bit more to the running back. Um, I think that helps him. Um, and in terms of the receivers, I, I like T.Y. Hilton better. Uh, you know, Hasselbeck, despite not having the arm, does target T.Y. Hilton quite a bit. 
Um, and I think Hilton's a, a solid wide receiver too, and Moncrief's a wide receiver three or a flex. I'd say that uh, that both of them take a step back now that Hasselbeck's at the helm, but Luck's been just so bad that, I mean, I, they're probably going to have pretty steady production. Yeah, and plus uh, they are they are facing Atlanta, whose defense is uh, pretty much a sieve against the run and the pass. Yeah, definitely. Um, so speaking of Atlanta, um, on that side, Matt Ryan, uh, I fully expect him to have a pretty decent day. Uh, I expect a, a pretty decent shootout in this game. Yeah, of of Tennessee Jacksonville proportions. Uh, yeah, very very similar to that. In fact, uh, you know, if you if you look at Matt Ryan, uh, he's he's been doing fine against the good matchups, uh, despite you know Atlanta collapsing and losing the game uh, at San Francisco before their bye week. Uh, Matt Ryan still had you know sixteen points there. Certainly wasn't a bad fantasy game from that perspective. Um, and then similarly, Julio Jones uh, is just a target monster. Uh, there's not much to say. He's a stud wide receiver one. Um, but well, there is a bit to say because they've got uh, that corner covering in this game. I mean, okay, Vontae Davis is a very good corner, and I'll, I'll give him props for that. Uh, you know, go University of Illinois. Um, but I will say that he <sighs> – you can't cover Julio Jones. Um, okay. I don't. I don't know how else to put it. Um, You're right. I can't. But Vontae Davis might be able to. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan moves Julio around the formation, gets the ball to him in so many different ways. Um, I, I certainly, uh, you know, would maybe temper my expectations. Maybe a, a twenty. Yeah, point I'm, I'm game avoiding him in all daily 30. lineups. Is my point. Oh yeah. Um, in daily, you know, I, honestly, I think that. A lot of people might have that mindset, so maybe in a tournament or GPP play, Julio might actually be pretty solid. Um, but certainly, uh, he's he's very highly priced, even over over other studs like Dez and Demarius. So yeah, um, yeah, that's a pretty darn expensive contrarian play. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Julio Jones is uh, on DraftKings. He is listed at ninety three hundred dollars. Uh, you know, the next closest guys are gonna be you know. DeAndre Hopkins at 8,800, and then Dez and AJ Green are both only 7,700 each, so a full, you know, $1,600 cheaper. It's a lot of moolah. Um, either way, you're starting them in your season lineups. Uh, I don't think you're starting any other wideouts in this, in your season lineups. Um, well, actually, could- you know, uh, I, I will say this: uh, Leonard Hankerson was banged up and missed quite a few games before their bye. Um, he is questionable, but they are uh, optimistic that he's going to play. And if, if he's uh, going to be in the shootout against Atlanta, I actually like Hankerson as a flex. Right. I, I like him as a daily starter. Yeah. I mean, certainly. Uh, what is he priced at here? Let's see. Um, Hankerson is only $3,300. And you yep. know, Indy is giving up a ton of points to the wide receiver position. Certainly worth a shot. Um, uh, Roddy is please. We've talked about Roddy more than enough. Yeah. You're not starting him in daily, and or it's just too early needs. for Justin Hardy. But I do think good things do exist in his future. If not, uh, uh, if not at the end of the season, then probably starting next season. Uh, Jacob Tammy's had a few good weeks going on. Um, hard to say that I expect that to keep continuing because the one time that I promoted him real highly, he I think he turned out a one catch six yard day next time so he he burned me once i don't know i don't like to let people burn me twice 
Yeah, but I mean, if you if you look at the you know target distribution, uh, trend is definitely trending upwards for Jacob Tammy. Um, in the two games prior to the bye, uh, he averaged eleven targets a game. So certainly, uh, I think he's on the low end tight end one, high end tight end two radar here for this game. Somewhere in that muddled middle, fourth, fourth top high fourth tier or whatever. However, we're delineating <laughs> tight ends anymore. Yeah, and certainly you're you're plugging Devontae Freeman right in there. Uh, that's you know not even a question. Yeah, come on. Um, if anything, even if he doesn't get it done on the ground, uh, which won't happen because Indy's pretty poor against the rush, um, he's going to get you a ton of receptions as a pass catching back as well. Uh, Tevin Coleman here, purely a handcuff. You're not starting him. Nope. Okay, so moving on then. So uh, New York Jets at Houston, the next matchup, and Houston just, uh, you know, stopping uh, the Cincinnati Bengals' undefeated season stone cold in its tracks last night. And that's the bottom line. Um, yeah, uh, I, I still can't believe what happened in that game. Uh, I, I guess I can believe it because the Bengals uh, are who we expected them to be. They just, I guess they were able to hide it for a few weeks. Um, you know, a wise child once said, seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. Um, so I'm, I'm certainly a little bit more nervous about our bets uh, re- regarding Andy Dalton finishing as a quarterback one, but I still think he'll be fine in terms of the top 12. Oh, no, we can talk about Dalton in a few games. Don't you worry. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll revisit that uh, in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. But on the Jets side here, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he had that surgery on his thumb. Uh, but he he is expected to play. Um, he can resume practicing tomorrow, so we'll certainly monitor that. And uh, even if he doesn't practice until Friday, we, we, we've been kind of told that, you know, he is the guy. So I'm not worried about Fitzpatrick. And he's got uh, kind of a tough matchup. The Houston defense has been playing better as of late. Uh, he's just a, a quarterback, too, for me. They've woken up uh, at the same time. Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to be uh, the guy that keeps finding a way this season. Uh, the Ivy Leaguer using that superior intellect just uh, to just do just enough to keep the uh, giant, uh, the Jets on track. But you're right. Houston has uh, come alive. Um, J.J. Watt and his ridiculously uh, super-duper great attitude and work ethic has really powered them <laughs> forward. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm so fed up with J.J. Watt. He's, he's so annoying. I don't want to see him on my television anymore. Well, uh, certainly the Houston defense has looked better as of late, but that's not stopping me from starting Brandon Marshall or Eric Decker. Uh, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker have been just so consistent. Brandon Marshall's a, a low-end wide receiver one here, and Eric Decker's a high-end wide receiver too. I like him. Keep him going. Um, Chris Ivory here, what are your thoughts on him? Because he's he's put up the numbers recently, but it, it you know in terms of his efficiency, he does seem to be faltering a little bit. His efficiency wasn't great against Jacksonville, who probably has an underrated rushing defense. He still managed to put two touchdowns in. He still put up, I mean, 26 yards, two touchdowns. He's the guy that they're leaning on. Here's the, he's their red zone back. He's really the only running back that they're giving the rock to. He's a, he's a running back, too, but he's not somebody that you're taking out of your lineup to put somebody else ahead of him unless you've got really good options. Sure, I'm certainly not benching Ivory against Houston. And uh, speaking of the running backs, just a quick note here. Zach Stacy did break his ankle in the last game against Buffalo, yeah. um, and Bilal Powell seems to be trending upwards in terms of his health. Um, he is listed as questionable for this week, and I do think that he's the handcuff right now for 
Chris Ivory, and he might even have standalone flex value. We saw that in the first three weeks, uh, despite Ivory being the lead back, Bilal Powell got 12, 12, and 10 carries in those three games before he got hurt. Yes, and I, I I did misspeak. I was talking about the uh, the wrong weeks, uh, the the wrong game. Chris Ivory, however, it is true he had a hundred yards on the ground, no touchdowns that game, but he was still the 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 guy they leaned on, uh, except for Stephen Ridley, who had three carries and your aforementioned broken ankle. Yep, um, and it's so sad for Zach Stacy because the broken ankle came on a a meaningless kickoff return right before the half, I believe. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of uh just breaking ankles uh deandre hopkins how'd you like that transition there yeah that was pretty sweet um makes a one-handed grab from tj yates um i don't know what to say you're putting deandre hopkins in your lineup he's getting an insane amount of targets um he he will be on revis island so uh certainly limiting your expectations but I, i don't see any reason he still can't have uh, you know, four or five catches for, you know, 50 yards and maybe a touchdown? No, I, I agree. I, I don't see why you couldn't get that done. Reva, Daryl Revis, uh, Revis had some had some uh, short circuits this last week against Buffalo. He sort of fell apart. I don't know what happened there, but he allowed some plays that should he that he should not have. Yeah, and we, we've seen that he does struggle with, you know, better wide receivers, and I think it's about time that we've we put DeAndre Hopkins in, you know, that elite category of wide receivers in the league. So certainly, oh, not, he's he's uh, a, I you've got to say he's an easy first round next year, correct? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. he's he's right up there as a as a top five, if not top three, wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Brian Hoyer here uh, did get concussed last night. We'll see what his status is. Um, but I don't I don't love him anyway against the Jets. He's more of a matchup dependent QB two. Um, but I will say, uh, you know, kind of going past this week, he does have a decent schedule for the rest of the season. So keep your eye on Hoyer if you've been streaming quarterbacks. Um, but outside of DeAndre Hopkins, we saw that Nate Washington and Cecil Shorts, uh, while both of them have garbage time potential, when they are both healthy, they kind of eat into each other's production. I would not be starting either one of them here necessarily. If I'm picking one, trying to uh, squeak eke somebody into a daily lineup or something, or even if I have to pick one to uh, squeak into my flex spot, I'm going Cecil Shorts. Um, yeah, it's just tough to say because we don't really know if TJ Yates starts, who he will kind of look to more. He did actually target the tight end a little bit, so maybe some checkdowns. Uh, but you're not going to be, you know, comfortable starting Fedorowitz or uh, uh, Garrett Graham here. <laughs> And don't count TJ Yates out. I don't know that from Hoyer to Yates is that big of a step down. He looked he looked okay a couple couple seasons ago. Lee, I believe he led a team to the playoffs. Sure, I'm just saying in terms of uh, you know who he prefers to target, we don't really know. Oh yeah, no, that that's true. But I, I think just in terms of talent, you've got to eke on the side of shorts. Yeah, and uh, in terms of the running backs here, if you're truly desperate, if you're picking one, it's Alfred Blue, but certainly uh, would not want to start any of them against the tough uh, New York Jets run defense. No, not this week. All right, and the next game we're going to talk about here is going to be Tampa Bay at Philly. Um, You know, Jameis Winston has actually been looking pretty good uh, the last few weeks. Uh, Prior, uh, you know, before last game, he had actually not thrown any interceptions for four games in a row um, through two against Dallas. Uh, But he's actually been getting some goal line carries as well, and that does boost his value a little bit. I just don't know if you can expect that to continue. Yeah, Dallas... 
Dallas has a very good defensive line. Uh, Greg Hardy, um, he, he helps the team get after the quarterback. Uh, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, about what I expected out of Winston last time. Um, but, yeah, that rushing touchdown, you don't like that for Doug Martin, but, uh, of course, boosts Winston's value. That said, I don't really know that anybody's, I mean, in a position where they're really starting Winston as their quarterback. I hope not, at least. Yeah, I'm actually eyeing him for the latter half of the season here. After Philly, he gets Indy, who isn't too scary. Then he gets Atlanta, and then he gets New Orleans on the first week of the fantasy playoffs. So uh, I'm a- I actually may stream Jameis in a league, um, you know, based on the matchups for the latter half here. Um, but yeah, for this I week, away, but uh, streaming, I mean, streaming quarterback chances are are going by the wayside pretty soon. Uh, almost what I think two more weeks is the final buy. Uh, yes. Um, so, I mean, but for this week, uh, for Philly, uh, I think he's a high end quarterback too. Their secondary is certainly burnable. Um, I think that Winston is going to toss the ball around a ton and you know, he's, I don't think he's going to necessarily get picked. Yeah. uh, Mike Evans should be able to abuse that, uh, that secondary as long as they don't triple cover him or something. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, Vincent Jackson has a potential of uh, you know returning this week. We'll see uh, what his practice looks like for the you know later half of the week here. Um, but if if you know Vincent Jackson comes back healthy, that's huge for Jameis Winston. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. It sounds like he's still a couple weeks away. Um, I don't know what exactly is going on with him. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, you've dropped him long ago, but just keep an eye out for him. He does, again, have a decent, uh, you know, fantasy playoff schedule. Um, but, uh, you know, Evans, top five wide receiver almost, top eight. Yeah, pro- probably. He's getting he's getting the majority of the work. Um, it really doesn't matter if the team does well or poorly, just like DeAndre Hopkins. He's getting targets. He's going to give you points. Yeah, uh, you know, he's had 32 targets in the last two weeks. Um, you're starting Evans. <laughs> Mighty nice. Mighty nice. Um, on the other hand, Doug Barton here has a pretty tough matchup. Philly's actually been pretty stout against the run. Um, but the good thing is that Doug Martin gets the vast majority of the workload, even with Charles Sims. Uh, he's gotten uh, 18 carries last week, uh, only 11 before that week. But, you know, that was when he fumbled and got benched. Uh, prior to that, he's been averaging 20 carries a, a game. So you're certainly still starting Doug Martin. He can also catch the ball quite well if you get you know get into those passing plays where they get into a little trouble. Evans is Evans is uh, triple covered. Doug Martin won't be. Yeah, and um, on the other hand, here uh, we've got Philly. Uh, Sam Bradford has a an AC sprain and a concussion. Uh, it's very likely that he's going to be out this week, uh, possibly more. Um, but I think that Mark Sanchez is a decent high end quarterback too to stream this week. I don't think he can be much worse than Sam Bradford has been for you. Matter of fact, he's probably better. Yeah, and certainly uh, Tampa Bay is a pretty good matchup for him to walk into. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Ask Brandon Whedon or uh, what's his name. Ask Matt Castle how good of a matchup that was. Well, okay. The difference is uh, Matt Castle didn't have Chip Kelly uh, calling the plays here. Um, That's true. Let me tell you what. I love dallas you know why because it reminds me that things are it reminds me why i'm a bears fan <laughs> uh fair enough uh, i certainly won't argue against that but yeah. i mean look at uh, look at what tampa bay has given up to opposing quarterbacks uh they let blake bortles throw on them for 300 yards and four touchdowns they let kirk cousins throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns matt ryan almost had 400 yards passing i i think that on a pure volume play, 
Mark Sanchez is a borderline low on quarterback one this week. He performed with Chip Kelly last year. Uh, they went out of their way to put Bradford ahead of him. Um, he performed last year. There's no reason to me that he shouldn't do okay this year. Uh, as long as he doesn't miss, uh, miss. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Miss Jordan Matthews as, as badly as Sam Bradford has this year. He'll probably do just fine for you. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. Sanchez had 23 passing attempts in a half of a game last week when he stepped in. Uh, I don't really care if he throws two or three interceptions as long as that comes along with, you know, 300 yards and two touchdowns. Yep, I'm I'm okay with starting Jordan Matthews. Uh, I'm okay with starting, well, actually, I don't know. Which tight end are you starting at this point? It's got to be Earth still, right? Even yeah, though I mean, if, had that if very you're nice desperate game. and you need someone off the off the waiver wire, you can certainly yeah. start Selleck. He does get a good amount, or he doesn't get that many targets, but he does get a good amount of yardage based on those targets. Um, and honestly, Ertz gets a ton of targets over the middle, along with Jordan Matthews. And Sanchez has always seemed to favor, uh, you know, those intermediate route options. So I think that both Ertz and Matthews could have a nice day, particularly in PPR leagues. Yep. Uh, I know you're starting DeMarco Murray. Are you starting Ryan Matthews? I don't know. We have to wait and see uh, if he practices after his concussion. Uh, he he yeah. did not practice today on Tuesday. So as of right now, I would be pretty hesitant to throw him in. Certainly, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. But uh, Darren Sproles all of, all of a sudden back on the fantasy radar if Ryan Matthews can't go. Uh, particularly because Sanchez always likes to check it down to the running back as well. Could be some PPR flex value for Sproles this week. Poor quarterback play makes a lot of opportunity for the running back. <laughs> That's very true. Um, yeah. Anybody else you need to talk about here, Huff or uh, Riley Cooper? No, I, I, I don't really think so. I think they're they're both a, you know, a, a dice throw. You know, even though Cooper has some good games, Huff had a couple good games. It, it's that that's like catching lightning in a bottle and it's not it's not that explosive of lightning. It just sort of makes you warm when you when you do catch it. <laughs> I, I do want to congratulate the uh, the uh, Buccaneers on on consistently finding such terrible kickers. That is very true. Um, you know, certainly a, a not every team has Robbie Gold. Yep. So the next game here is going to be the Denver Broncos at your Chicago Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. Um, Bears. So we'll start on the away team side here. Peyton Manning uh, dealing with plantar fasciitis in his left foot, uh, getting benched last game after throwing four picks. Um, We have already heard it announced that uh, Brock Osweiler will be the starting quarterback here. Um, What are your thoughts? I think we will see Peyton Manning back after Brock Osweiler uh, shows him that shows the Denver uh, shows Kubiak in the Denver front office that they need to not be starting him if they want to go anywhere in the playoffs. You know, I'm not so sure. I think that Brock Osweiler might actually be a better fit for Kubiak's system. Uh, he's certainly more mobile, able to run those bootlegs, and he's shown that he has a strong arm. We'll just see. Have to. Well, excuse me. We'll just have to see. You know how accurate and how good his decision-making skills are at this point. I think he's going to need some Tebow-like luck to uh, to get the Broncos anywhere right now. See, that's where you and I disagree because Gary Kubiak made Matt Schaub a top ten quarterback a few years ago. Uh, I think it's the system more than the quarterback, and as long as Brock Osweiler isn't completely inept, I think he can be uh, a high-end quarterback too, maybe even a low-end quarterback one for the stretch run here. 
I mean, if if there's a team that's going to allow him the chance to do that, it's going to be the Chicago Bears, who, as you and I both know, traded every starter on their defense away practically for sixth and seventh rounders during the course of this season. So I don't, I wouldn't be shocked if Osweiler does have a nice day, considering the talent surrounding him. Well, uh, we we are also the the team that Alex Alex Smith can blame for getting benched back in 2012 because we let Colin Kaepernick just absolutely crush us. That's um, true. So we'll That's certainly true. see. Uh, yeah, Manning may go the way of the Smith, huh? Well, that that said, though, I am a little bit more conservative on Osweiler this week. Uh, if there's anybody that may know some of his weaknesses or forcing him into throws that he's more uncomfortable with, it would be his former head coach and offensive coordinator. Um, certainly a revenge game for John Fox and Adam Gase here with, with uh, potential. Um, but in terms of the receiving weapons here, uh, I, I like Demarius Thomas. I think that Osweiler has the arm talent to get the ball to him. You're certainly not benching him. Um, what about Emmanuel Sanders, though? Uh, you know, he's been banged up. He, he suffered a finger injury last week. Uh, supposedly, he'll be fine during practice. Um, but he, you know, got a big fat bagel. Yeah, it truly depends on what the reports are coming out of camp. Uh, it's going to be one of those things you're going to be monitoring throughout the week. But if he's playing, you're not benching him. He's he's far too good. Yeah, just a, a not an exact comparison, but we did see that Julian Edelman had a dislocated finger a few weeks yep. back, uh, and he was fine the following week. So certainly, no two, no two, much like fingerprints, though, no two finger dislocations are exactly alike. Yeah, certainly true. I think it's going to be more about pain management than uh, you know actual efficiency. And these guys, I mean, they're, they're, you go in the training room, you get a core zone shot, you don't feel the pain, you play the game. You make some catches, you score some touchdowns, you you make your money. Yeah, I think Sanders is still, uh, what would you say, mid to low end wide receiver two here? Yeah, of course. All right. Um, or is the third wide receiver going to be worth talking about? Because, uh, you know, before we saw that Peyton mostly targeted Demarius and Sanders, but Brock Osweiler has spent quite a bit of time uh, with the second team reps here with some of these other wide receivers is Benny Fowler or maybe Cody Latimer back on the map. Yeah. And that just may work. Uh, he, that in, which would put a dent into both Sanders and uh, Thomas's Thomas's value. If he's spreading the ball around like that, if he's trying to, you know, get some, get some hype for his, uh, his co young guys, Latimer and the like, um, I hope that's what they do because if they keep the ball out, of, if he keeps the ball away from Thomas and Sanders on his own, that's a good game plan for the Bears. And particularly, uh, you know, we saw that Cody Latimer got six targets last week with when Sanders was struggling with that finger injury. Uh, you know, we'll yep. we'll keep monitoring here. Certainly not worth a pickup just yet, but uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on these other guys. Um, yeah, as- flag him. I guess I, I I just don't see any way that I'm going to be picking up Cody Latimer if he hasn't caught on yet. He's not going to catch on because Brock Eyes- Osweiler is here to save the day. It's not like you know Brock Lesnar stepping into the UFC after never fighting and you know taking the title. This, this, is, <laughs> this is Brock. I don't Osweiler. know if it's uh, quite the same thing there, but uh, uh, certainly the wide the third wide receiver's value isn't as big as it otherwise would be because. Uh, the tight ends are quite involved here, and uh, we we saw that Vernon Davis got a little bit more involved last week. Um, but do you think he's going to play even more snaps this week, or is it still kind of the Owen Daniels show for for right now? 
No, I think the best case scenario for Osweiler is probably getting Vernon Davis in there. Um, Owen Daniels has been very successful as Kubiak's uh, off, uh, you know, weak side tight end, which I, I think will continue for him. Um, I think it's I think that's all but it for Virgil Green for right now. Vernon Davis will be your tight end one. Uh, who who will be a borderline, you know, shot in the dark sort of starter, and Owen Daniels will still be steadily low on productive. Yeah, and I will say that uh, Vernon Davis could be a nice tournament play in daily, um, yep. simply because even though uh, statistically Chicago gives up very few points to the tight end position, uh, we really haven't played many teams that utilize the tight end heavily, much like Kubiak does. Um, so certainly worth a dart throw here uh, if you're just looking for a low, maybe a lower percentage owned uh, tight end with high upside. Definitely. So on the Chicago side here, uh, Jay Cutler, uh, he's been just wheeling and dealing the last few weeks. Uh, he has been a fantasy stud quarterback one, if you can believe that. Uh, I can believe that he's done that. Do you want to know what else I believe? <laughs> that he's not going to be very good against Denver? Law of averages, my friend, and, and it will it will become very, very average, very, very negative against this Broncos defense. That's that's my that's my prediction. Well, I, I just want to point out that he's scored, uh, you know, since week four, he has scored 17 fantasy points or more in every single game. Uh, just food for thought. Um, again, I agree that this is not the greatest matchup, but it could be worse. At least he is at home and he does have hopefully a healthy Alshon Jeffrey. Um, Jeffrey for me, uh, I still don't love the matchup against Chris Harris, excuse me, Chris Harris or Aqib Tlaib. Um, but he's still a low-end wide receiver one simply because Cutler looks to him so much. I don't bench by name stars regardless. Yeah, I, I think that Jeffrey, uh, you know, you're still you're still putting him out there. Um, and we'll see about Eddie Royal. He's questionable, but uh, if he does return, this is certainly not the best matchup to return against. Um, no, it's just Jeffrey and Langford for me. That That's it. Um, I, I will say that Martellus Bennett could be a checkdown option. Oh, um, yeah. yeah you know, simply too. PPR uh, because, uh, you know, if Cutler can't uh, find Jeffrey down the field because he's well covered, then maybe Bennett uh, will be the beneficiary of that. Um, mm, the beneficiary. Are you concerned <laughs> about Miller milling away some of his uh, value? You know, I don't think that Miller is going to be a valid, uh, you know, tight end option down the stretch here. But I will say that for this one game, um, if Denver does focus on, you know, taking away Jeffrey and Bennett and the main weapons, that Miller may get some checkdowns as well. Yeah, he got himself healthy, got himself in shape. He, he's always said if he thinks he, if he could do that, he thought he'd be a very productive tight end. He showed it in one game. He's going to probably get an opportunity to show it in two games. But, um, uh, I don't know. Denver. Denver's a Denver's a tough call. Yeah, particularly a little bit more worried because uh, for Langford and Miller because Denver has been pretty uh, pretty good at sniffing out the screens, which which is where a lot of their production has come. Yeah, personally, I think the the most likely story of this game is going to be the Denver defense getting at Jay Cutler. Hopefully, knock on wood, this doesn't happen. But but I, if there's a game that's set up very well for Cuddy to get hurt again, it's this game. Yeah, hopefully uh, that will not happen. Uh, certainly could see at least a, a two or three sacks here, though. Um, hopefully no turnovers. We'll see. Yep. Very excited to watch that game. Oh, it'll be a great game. I mean, they're going to lose about 45-7, to seven, but it'll be a great game. 
I don't know. I, I think they might have a shot in this one. That might be just unbridled enthusiasm and optimism as a homer, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm so dead inside. I have none of that. <laughs> okay, moving on then. <laughs> so the St. Louis Rams at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, speaking of the Rams, uh, we just talked about the Bears who upset them on the road, crushed them actually. Um Todd Gurley, though, uh, certainly not benching him, even though the Baltimore Ravens are better against the run than the pass. Speaking of benching, bye-bye Nick Foles. Yeah, uh, certainly uh, no no tears shed here uh, or by any fantasy owner unless you're in a 2QB league. I don't know that anyone has been starting Nick Foles. Um, what do you think about Case Keenum? He, we certainly I haven't think, seen him I in a while. I think he doesn't change the value of anybody on this offense. Yeah, I was just going to say that because Case Keenum has some wheels, maybe he even helps guys like Tavon Austin or Todd Gurley, maybe just to keep defenses honest. Okay, sure. It's not changing how I'm starting them at all. Todd Gurley's still, you know, top three every week running back, and Tavon Austin is still a shot in the dark, uh, you know, dart throw. And you're avoiding everyone else. No, 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 no. If I, if I need a... If I need a ton of points, then that's that's the exact time time where I put in a guy like Tavon Austin. No, no, no. Everyone else outside of Gurley and Austin. On the oh, Rams. yes, without question. <laughs> um, Wes Welker, uh, he did get a few targets last week, but you're certainly Don't not care. starting him. Um, I will say that the Baltimore defense might be a decent streaming option simply because Case Keenum might be shaken off the rust. He might throw a couple picks here. Yeah, uh, maybe it's time. Actually, I I know you love this guy. Maybe it's time to buy in again on Jared Cook. Oh, uh, I don't know. Baltimore has been pretty good defending against the tight end as well. Uh, you know, I he just flashes so much and he makes some exceptional plays and then he just disappears. So I I uh, I can't I can't advocate any Jared Cook love this week. Yeah, I don't want him. Uh, quick. Although existed again this game, seven targets, one catch. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, he's he's visible. Yeah, Brian Quick's plane has flown out of the Marina Triangle, but is still swirling right around it. Exactly. Um, Trey Mason, in some limited work, showed some ability to uh, to run the football, 5.2 yards a, yards per carry. He's definitely Gurley's handcuff to me. Um, Benny Cunningham you know, got, got a couple looks in the pass game. But it's still Mason for me. Uh, I don't love him, though, if, if Gurley does get hurt. I think this whole offense falls apart, and I think his five yards per, in the, in those f- per carry in those six attempts was probably them backing off the uh, backing off the box when Gurley came out of the game. Yeah, and I don't even know how good of a pure handcuff Mason is yeah. for Gurley. I do think that Benny Cunningham would steal the third down work anyway. And we can never forget that this was against the Chicago defense. <laughs> that's that's very very true. Although Chicago has been better this year. Yep. Um, so on the Baltimore side, Joe Flacco, uh, despite not having any weapons, he's been pretty good as a fantasy quarterback. Um, certainly not the greatest matchup against St. Louis, but we saw what Cutler was able to do last week. Uh, if if you need Joe Flacco as a streaming quarterback, uh, I say go for it as a decently you know mid end quarterback too. Yeah, he might throw three picks. He might also throw three touchdowns. Uh, very well said, and there's always the opportunity for those rushing touchdowns with Flacco, um, which is bad news for Justin Forsett, who's it been really quiet the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, Forsett, 
Um, it, just so many running backs with down value this year. Forsett's been vultured almost as bad as anybody that I can think of, uh, even by his own quarterback. I mean, you expect that in New England, but you don't expect that with Justin Forsett, who I, I think he's better than uh, than than he's than he's showing on the field here. Um, he's getting the lion's share of the the. He's getting the majority of the carries here, of course, uh, fourteen to five against uh, Buck Allen. Um, I th- I'd like to see him ha- have a little more happen in the passing game. I'd like him to get those those red zone carries, but it's just not happening that much. Yeah, he's just a low end running back too right now. Uh, he's simply not getting the goal line work, and I don't know if it's because they don't trust him because he's slightly smaller back. Um, or what it is, but uh, regardless, um, you know, you thought that Lorenzo Taliaferro being put on IR would help him a little bit, and that just hasn't been the case here. Yeah, tough start this week. I think I'm still starting him, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, you likely don't have better options. Uh, Javorius right. Allen's still the handcuff here. Um, you know, he's certainly not starting. You're certainly not starting him uh, my, without an injury occurring to Forsett. Um, we did see that with Steve Smith out for the year, Kamar Aiken has taken on the number one wide receiver role, uh, got 14 targets peppered at him last week, only only caught seven for 73, but he's a he's a decent wide receiver three. Yeah, he, he's a must own in all leagues, I think. Um, somebody's got to catch the football on that team, and it's him. Yeah, on the other hand here, Chris Givens, uh, probably a, a boomer bust wide receiver four at this point. He does have a deep ball connection with uh Excuse me, Joe Flacco, um, but don't love this matchup at St. Louis. I would avoid Givens if possible this week. That's been the story of him his entire career. Him and Brian Quick on timeshare. Yeah, um, Crockett Gilmore. Uh, I, you know, I think he's actually a pretty decent tight end, as you like to say, in that muddled middle, that low end tight end one, high end tight end two area. Uh, certainly has a huge, huge catch radius, and we've seen him make use of that in the end zone. The only thing for me with him is that I get especially worried about his playtime with with Max Williams, the rookie they drafted. Um, he he had basically the exact same game as Crockett Gilmore, and he was a first rounder. He was taken. Yeah, I mean, I I do think that they're going to try to use more multiple tight end sets, but I do think Max. that it's still uh, Gilmore over Max for me. Max, <laughs> Max, sorry. <laughs> Um, uh, Kyle Yushek, uh, could get a, a touchdown vulture from Forsett here, but certainly not going to bank on that. No, you're not, you're not starting them. So the next game here is going to be Dallas at Miami. Um, and this is actually going to be a pretty interesting game here. Uh, Tony Romo is finally going to be back from his injury. Um, this bodes well for Dallas as a team, but particularly Miami hasn't been that tough against the quarterback. Um, I think that Romo becomes an instant low-end quarterback one upon his return. Yeah, uh, he is a good opportunity to come in, play against a defense that's uh, been better of late, of course, but it still has its struggles. Uh, Dominican Sue, um, this might be a game where he can get on track. He can get after Tony Romo, uh, get a little motivation. Um Get, give him somebody to beat up on, but I, I, I think you're right. Uh, this this is very good for Dallas. Uh, Des is back. Romo's back. Um, they haven't been doing very well, but maybe they can turn things around right now. Yeah, and unlike certain uh, quarterback-receiver tandems, you're not worried about any lost chemistry between Romo and Des. They're, they're definitely on the same page all, all the time. Um, yeah. This actually, you know, gives Terrence Williams some value again, uh, because before with Whedon and Castle, you simply could not start Terrence Williams. Um, no, I think I don't. I don't. I don't want to touch Terrence Williams either. It's for me. It's still it's Bryant, Witten, um, 
Cole Beasley over Terrence Williams still. And Darren McFadden's really? proved himself Beasley in the, in the past Williams? game. I, th- I think uh, I think Roma's a smart enough quarterback to be to want to use him in that too. I understand, but I'm easily taking Terrence Williams over uh, Cole Beasley here. I, I think that you know with Dez healthy and Romo healthy, uh, defenses are going to be focused on that matchup. Um, and again, Terrence Williams needs that single coverage to break free for those long touchdowns. Certainly, still boom or bust, but I think he might boom in this game. Yeah, if, if there's an opportunity for him to boom, it's against this. It's against Miami, I guess. Um, in terms of this running back, uh, this running back squad. Uh, Who's your, uh, I guess the Cowboys figured out what Seattle already knew. Yeah, well, sorry, just real quick on Terrence Williams. I do think that he's a good tournament play in daily. Uh, I could see, you know, the ceiling for like four catches, but for like 110 yards and two touchdowns. Sure, definitely. Good call. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Darren McFadden's an RB one. Now that Romo's back, um, teams can no longer stack the box against Dallas. Uh, that line is as good as it's ever been. It's just the last few weeks, uh, defenders have been stacking that box. And I think McFadden is going to kind of break out again this game. And the, uh, and the Christian Michael experiment is officially over. I don't see Rod Smith jumping in to steal carries from Darren McFadden. So he should not be leaving the field. No, if anything, I think Trey Williams might be the third down back. Rod Smith, uh, purely a handcuff. Maybe we'll get a couple carries here and there. Um, How many backup running backs do they have to go through on this team? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, we've certainly had our hopes dashed uh, with with everyone who's been picking up uh, Joseph Randall and Kristen Michael just in case. Um, yeah, but Miami... and that's, that's one more thing that I absolutely love about Dallas is that it makes me appreciate being a Bears fan because except for, you know, the, the Cedric Benson experiment, we've always been pretty darn good there. Yeah, Matt Forte, uh, you know, just real quick, one of the most underrated backs in the league. Um, But, I mean, if you look at Miami's rush defense, they are just giving up points and yards and touchdowns everywhere to running backs. Um, I love Darren McFadden both in redraft leagues, dynasty leagues, daily, however you can get him in your lineup this week, get him in your lineup. Yep, I agree. Um, so, uh, real quick, I do think that Jason Wooden might, might get quite a few, uh, receptions over the middle as well. I think he's instantly back in that, uh, tight end one, uh, territory. Romo and Witten have always had a very good connection. That That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so moving on then to the Miami side here, uh, the Dallas, uh, secondary, certainly not very fearsome though. I think Tannehill can have a decent day as well. Oh, I don't know. I think Greg Hardy's going to eat him alive. Um, you know, I, I actually think that the Miami offensive line has been blocking a little better as of late. Uh, I could see a decent day for Tannehill, um, but certainly Greg Hardy is uh, definitely an issue for any line to handle. Um, that said, though, uh, you know, he did pretty well last week against the Eagles uh, you know, in a similar situation where they're better up front than on their secondary. Um, and without, uh, without that lost fumble, Tannehill would have had 18 fantasy points. Certainly not a bad day. Greg Hardy is the Kraken of the deep. And never forget that. And what do Krakens eat? Dolphins. <laughs> uh, well, what is the saying? What is dead uh, can't die again or something? That's right. What is dead shall never die. That's right. Uh, so, okay, well, certainly not benching Lamar Miller, regardless of what you think about Tannehill this week. Um, like I said, uh, on the other hand, with McFadden, uh, Dallas has also given up a ton of points to the running back position. And Lamar Miller, even though he hasn't been doing quite as well on the ground as of late, he's so involved in that passing game. You're He's a low-end RB1. 
Ajayi looked really good that last game, uh, given the limited work. Um, I don't know if I if I'd say he's needed for a stash. I don't I don't think the Dolphins running back situation is something that really requires a hand handcuff. But just after that one game, watch closely the second game, and he might be a target for you in a dynasty league. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, Jay Ajayi. Um, I will say that I view him similar to how I view Ryan Matthews. I think he has standalone flex value based on if wow. he gets a goal line touchdown. And I think that if anything did happen to Lamar Miller, uh, Ajayi would at the very least be the early down back. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think Ajayi uh, was certainly worth a flex shot here, as I just mentioned. Uh, Dallas not great against the run, but they I do think they will have Sean Lee back, so certainly uh, a little bit harder with him uh, roaming around the middle of the field. Sure. Um, on the receiver side, Jarvis Landry, he's been a wide receiver too. You're certainly starting him, uh, even though it was a fluky, you know, batted up in the air touchdown last week. Um, but Landry, you're starting, and Rashard Matthews, you're starting too. Uh, certainly the Dallas secondary uh, isn't scaring anybody. When uh, when I'm wrong, sometimes I'm wrong. I think uh, I don't think it's I think Devontae Parker, if he was going to catch on, it was going to happen by now. Um, don't waste your don't waste a wa- roster spot. Yeah, I I agree that Devontae Parker is droppable at this point. So much potential uh, in redraft, sorry, uh, just to verify. Yeah, certainly course, not dropping him in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, even a keeper league, I, I wouldn't go dropping him in a keeper either. Yeah, uh, you know who is very droppable, though? Both Jordan Cameron and Deion Sims. Uh, yes, sir. simply haven't been getting any work the last few weeks. Um, they're droppable. That's the thing. You know, when, when you get a, a, a hype-style uh Hype style um, head coach, they get all pumped up, jacked up, uh, do great that first game, and then it sort of tapers off because this is the NFL and these players play for money. Yeah, and I will say that if you're looking for a desperation tight end, a la Clive Walford, who will get you two catches for 10 yards and a touchdown, Jake Stoneburner. Stoneburner. Uh, two, uh, you know, he could get two catches for, you know, five yards and a touchdown. He very well may. Um, okay, so moving on then. Washington at Carolina is our next game here, and uh, I know that both you and I in separate leagues uh, streamed Kirk Cousins this past week, uh, and yes, we I did. know it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I just have one question for you, of course. You like that? Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins just absolutely dealing. Uh <laughs> You know, we you didn't uh, answer my question. You like that? <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, he got a coach fired, but not the coach we expected to get fired. <laughs> uh, so Rob Ryan is no longer the defensive coordinator for the Saints because of one Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, Rob Ryan, the unemployment line. You like that? Yeah. That said. I am not starting Kirk Cousins at Carolina this week. Um, no, I don't not. like that. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what else to say. You're, you, he's got Josh Norman and then and a brutal defense in general. Uh, you're not playing him uh, in terms. I don't of think a, you can start. I could. I don't think you can start anybody against Carolina on this Redskins team with certainty. Um, they spread the ball around so much between the running backs. They he spreads the ball out pretty well. Um, between uh, between the, the uh, wide receivers, I think the only guy is Jordan Reed. Yeah, Jordan Reed, simply because Cousins targets him so much, especially in the red zone. The only question four targets, is, two touchdowns. 
Well, I was about to say the only question is how many times are they going to get into the red zone against Carolina? Um, uh, however, I will say that we've seen that Carolina kind of eases up on the gas pedal toward the end of the game when they're nursing a big lead. So certainly garbage time potential here for all the Redskins. Um, that's the only reason I do kind of like Jordan Reed and Jamison Crowder simply in PPR formats for the for those garbage time drives late in the fourth. Yeah, I think Jamison Crowder has all but overtaken Pierre Garçon. Yeah, I mean, I think you can argue that Jamison Crowder is the number one wide receiver in Washington. Yeah, I, I, it's it's not a great number one wide receiver spot, of course, for right now for the reasons aforementioned. But uh, going forward in a dynasty, I own him in both my dynasty leagues. I like this kid. Yeah, I, I own him in one dynasty league as well. And when you look at it, uh, they're they're not going to have Deshaun Jackson back. Uh, yep. Pierre Garçon is likely gone, and Andre Roberts hasn't done much, and he may be gone as well. Yep. Um, and certainly we've seen Kirk Cousins have the chemistry with Crowder. So just a quick uh, dynasty or keeper note there. Um, yes, sir. And this kid is tough. We've seen him make some brutal contested catches where he gets just absolutely punished, and he holds on to that ball. Yeah, I like him. He's He's a great player. Yeah, he's a fun player to watch as well. And and same with Matt Jones. Um certainly uh Who? Know, Matt Jones. Who? Matt Jones. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, again that uh, muddled committee this year, but uh next year Marshawn Jr. may be unleashed. Oh big big words. Big words. <laughs> we'll see. Uh but yeah, I th- I think for, for this week against Carolina, I'm not really trusting anybody outside of Crowder and Reed and maybe Chris Thompson since he's the receiving back. Yeah, definitely. Um, on the Carolina side of things, I, I think the exact opposite is true. Uh, I'm starting Olsen. I'm starting uh, Cam Newton. I'm starting Jonathan Stewart. And then I guess, uh, well, I, I, I don't know if I've got to pick a wide receiver. I guess I can start Ted, Ted Ginn in a flex. Funches has been starting to come on. Uh, it's still not bunches of Funches like I like I thought would happen. Um, but but uh, Ted Ginn's really the only guy that's getting a ton of looks. Yeah, I, I will say that uh, as bad as the Redskins' defense has been, they are getting a ton of players back from injury now, um, and they're looking a lot better. Certainly against uh, Drew Brees and the Saints last week, uh, they had two picks and honestly could have had a third. Yeah. So the next game here is going to be Kansas City at San Diego. Interesting AFC matchup here, uh, depending on how the Broncos are doing. Uh, nothing's wrapped up just yet in this division. Um, I don't know what happened to the defense that game for Denver. Uh, Charkandrick West, who I benched in the leagues that I own him in, expecting him to get shut down. I'll tell you what, I didn't I didn't win either league that I benched him in. I'll tell you that much. Well, I, I mean, I think part of the problem was that Peyton was giving up the ball, uh, you know, in such good territory, uh, so close to scoring territory already. Uh, that it's kind of hard for the defense as good as they are to stop them. That said, they only gave up a lot of field goals, uh, certainly not a ton of touchdowns scored. So Yeah, uh, yeah both of them to Charkandrick West, though. <laughs> that's very true. Um, but I will say for Kansas City, and I tweeted this out earlier in the week as well, that outside of Week 2 against Denver, Alex Smith is averaging 18.4 fantasy points per game, and he's the he was the number 11 quarterback before Week 10. Uh, and he's only 24% owned on Yahoo and 34% owned on ESPN. Certainly worth a pickup if you need a quarterback. He is steady. There's nothing sexy about him. But every year he's been a starter. He's been pretty steady. In the past, it was more, you know, 15 points would get you 14 definite. Um, he wasn't really a guy that was, you know, 
giving you a Peyton Manning-esque negative seven points or anything like that ever, really, um, except for, you know, the very, very rare game here and there. Uh, this year, he's he's looking better, you know, you get a few more, few better targets around him. Jeremy Macklin, guy, uh, Travis Kelsey, who has been down a little bit, but still guys that can catch the ball, you know, close to the line of scrimmage and make something happen with it uh, instead of, you know, uh, some that guy that's flying over Dwayne Bow or however that goes. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's been good things for Alex Smith. Yeah, and I think that Jeremy Macklin will be fine, but I don't think he's going to burn them like Alshon Jeffrey did. Uh, they're very different types of receivers. I think Macklin's still a you know high end wide receiver three for me in this matchup. I mean. I've- High-end wide receiver three for me. I've actually got him as a mid-end wide receiver two. Um, I, I expect Kelsey to do better this game. Macklin to do better this game. Charkandrick West, I'm starting. Um, nobody else. Charkandrick West is an almost must-start in daily because San Diego yeah. gives up the most fantasy points to the running back position. West dominates the workload. We've, we've barely seen Spencer Ware or Nile Davis. Um, I think West is a must-start in daily and in all formats. Niall Davis and Charkandrick West uh, are playing uh, are playing hide and seek. Um, Davis just didn't know that he was having tricks played on him. Oh, that didn't go well at all. <laughs> Have we lost uh, the plane now that that Niall Davis was a, was on? Wow, that was really bad. Sorry, I, I was laughing too much to to put forth a coherent sentence there. Um, but certainly... I apologize. <laughs> To, to all our loyal listeners, that, that was my bad. Um, but certainly we want to see a little bit more uh, in the red zone for Travis Kelsey. Uh, as good as Sharkhandrick West has been, uh, Kelsey's production has suffered as a result. Um, but certainly he's still a top six tight end for me. Uh, you're not, you're certainly not benching Travis Kelsey. We we've seen, you know, the weekly upside that he has in, in prior weeks. Um, but on the San Diego side here, uh, they just have so many injuries. Um, is Philip Rivers still a solid quarterback one for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's close. Um, you know, he's a low-end quarterback one. What's a quote-unquote solid one? I mean, when you lose all of your weapons for the most part, it's hard to stay. It's hard to keep saying that you are that, you know. Yeah, I mean, so many injuries on the offensive line, and now they've lost both Keenan Allen and uh, Malcolm Floyd. Um Philip Rivers, though, has been, you know, a top five quarterback uh, so far. Um, but I, I am downgrading him a little bit, but he's still up there for me simply because we know that the passing volume is going to be there. He's been he's been averaging like 50 pass attempts a game. Yeah, and he's going to uh, have to keep doing that. Maybe not necessarily against this Kansas City defense, but going forward. I mean, you, you can't I mean, you're not dropping him. You're not trading him away or anything. You're, you're playing him. Sure. And for me, on, on the wide receiver side, Stevie Johnson becomes a wide receiver, too. Uh, you can expect double-digit targets a game, I think, for him. Um, yeah, and, and Inman is a, is a talented receiver. He's shown flashes. He's been able to make things happen for Rivers. Um, I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I think Inman's just um, you know a borderline wide receiver three for me, though. I think we need to see more from him before I'm actually going to start him. Um, I, I think Danny Woodhead's still there catching passes. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, this helps Danny Woodhead in the tight ends because we've already seen that Phillip Rivers loves to get those screens and short checkdowns to Woodhead. And Woodhead just so small and agile that he just kind of gets lost uh, in the fray and then he gets uh, like 80 yards after the catch. Yes, sir. Um, I, I will say that 
Uh, Antonio Gates, both he and Ladarius Green, keep an eye on. Gates has been struggling with an MCL injury and admits that you know he's still not at 100%. Um, and Ladarius Green had that high ankle sprain. We'll see, uh, you know, if he if he's actually going to play this week against Kansas City off their bye. Yeah, both guys that uh, that make the defense pay attention to him. It makes it difficult for everybody else. Yeah, I actually think that um, losing Malcolm Floyd makes both Gates and Green low end tight end ones simply because a lot of the pass volume is going to be directed at them now. Oh yeah, definitely. If either of them is healthy or both of them is healthy, I think he can feel pretty good about starting uh, both of them. Yeah, just the. Quick... I would. I wouldn't recommend starting them both. Like, if you have Gates as your tight end and and uh, Green as your flex, I would never recommend something like that. Uh, but but uh, on separate teams, definitely. Sure, and just one quick note: uh, Malcolm Floyd is listed as questionable. Um, right. But I doubt that he's going to play with a torn labrum. Yeah. And next game we're going to talk about here is going to be Green Bay at Minnesota. Uh, yeah, the obligatory booze. Um, but in terms of this game, uh, we've seen now that Green Bay is not infallible. Uh, they certainly have a lot of weaknesses on that offense. Um, and losing Jordy has really hurt everything. Well, Ditka is God. <laughs> Ditka has cast his curse and has jinxed them. And uh, yeah. Um, but in terms of fantasy, despite the Green Bay Packers uh, not doing well in real life, Aaron Rodgers has been just fine as a fantasy quarterback outside of that Denver game. Uh, he has not, uh, you know, outside of the Denver game, he has had 15 or more fantasy points in every game, um, and he has a weekly high ceiling, even if it's in, surprisingly enough, garbage time. But past Rodgers, what do you make of this offense between Eddie Lacy and James Starks? And then you've got Adams, you've got Jones, you've got Cobb. I mean, what's going on? Nobody here is dominant. Nobody here is scoring you a ton of points. Um, Adams was the best receiver last week, and I'm, I'm sure there's a good number of people that weren't starting him. All right. Um, let's start with the running backs, and then we'll yep. get to the wide receivers here. So Minnesota is actually a very good defense. Uh, they put together a very good unit here. Zimmer likes to play tough, physical football, and that's exactly the weakness right now for the Green Bay Packers. They simply can't get off man coverage, and when you can't do that, it doesn't matter how much time Aaron Rodgers buys you in the pocket. Um, so the problem here, uh, starting with the running backs, is that I think Eddie Lacy's been hurt because he people are comparing him to Trent Richardson and he hasn't looked like he's lost his vision. Um, he just looks like he hasn't been healthy due to a variety of ankle uh, and now groin injuries, and I think that's caused him to gain weight. And we've seen that running back weight uh, fluctuations can either help or hurt running backs. We saw that both Lamar Miller um, and Le'Veon Bell lost 10 pounds, uh, and they've been doing absolutely amazing. Obviously not Bell after his knee injury, um, but I think really the problem here has been health. So for me, it all depends on whether Lacey can get healthy and get his weight under control. And if he does that, I think he's still clearly the guy over Starks from a talent perspective. Yeah, he's got to stop eating those Swedish uh, weight loss bars. <laughs> the Caltean bars? That's right. Um, but, you know, until we see Lacey on the field, where do you have Starks ranked? Just because of the pure potential of this offense, even though they haven't looked great, they didn't look good against uh, Detroit. Whoever's starting for uh, 
for the Packers at running back is a must start. Uh, I, I guess high end running back too, if I had to put a number on it or, or a spot on it, um, j- just because of the sheer propensity of that offense to get downfield, to get into the red zone, maybe even low end running back one. Um, it's, oh, it's not, I, I don't not love it, far. but I can't bench it, you know? No, for me, it's a, you know, Starks would be a, a mid-end running back, too. I, I would not go that high simply because even though the offense has potential, we've seen that the offense as a whole has struggled, um, particularly but that, this week. But that's not going to last. Between Rodgers and McCarthy, That that's something that will rectify itself. I think so, but I, I think until we see that, I can't, I can't say that Starks is a high-end running back, too. No, I, I think so. Just but just with the just because of sheer potential. I mean, I, I'm going off I guess I'm going more ceiling than floor here, but this is the exact sort of team. I mean, they get downfield, you know, running wide receivers getting tackled at the five, you pound the ball in, that's a touchdown. Like that that's that's what this team always has the potential to do. That's exactly why I can never justify, you know, benching LeGarrette Blood. He has he has a very, I mean, there's legitimate chance for him to score three plus touchdowns every game he's in. Okay. I, I can certainly understand the argument. I just think that I I would prefer a, a more stable situation, um, particularly if Lacey is active for this game. He sure. Was completely you'd prefer inactive. it, but how many running backs have we talked about that are shaky, you know, running back twos this year? Sure, but I think that's what I'm saying. I would say that they're in that running back two category. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, certainly you're starting James Starks. Uh, you, you know, I doubt that you have better options. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. I think that I I would not drop Eddie Lacy. I, I absolutely would not do that. Um, and I I do think that when they're both healthy, Eddie Lacy is still the guy. Um, that said, for the wide receivers, um, to me, it's more of a negative than a positive that Devontae Adams has gotten uh, this insane amount of targets. Um, I believe it's 32 over the last two weeks, and yet he's only caught uh, 17 of them, just over half, for under 200 yards and no touchdowns. That, to me, despite his production due to volume, uh, that makes me very nervous to start him. Yeah, uh, and in the, in that wake, it left James Jones completely valueless. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, you know, I was talking with our producer, Dan, uh, earlier this week, and I think James Jones is droppable. Yeah, I, I, if Devontae Adams is going to be getting 21 looks a game, which he won't, but if he's getting 15-plus looks a game, I mean, even when James Jones was putting up tons of points, he was getting those red zone looks. He was getting, you know, four looks a games, four looks a game, and scoring two touchdowns with him. It was just that sheer trust of scoring touchdowns. Um, but if they're not getting the red zone, if they're putting up less than twenty points a game, and they're throwing the ball to Devontae Adams a billion times, uh, I, droppable is not really where he's at, but benchable definitely because you're always looking for uh, lottery, you know, lottery tickets, and he's just as good a lottery ticket as any. Sure, but I think uh, you know if you're if you're if you need a bench spot or a roster spot rather for a guy like Danny Amendola this week, uh, you know if if you picked up Danny Amendola and dropped James Jones, I would have had no problem with that. Yeah, if you're if you're moving it for somebody that's going to be a better right away starter, or if you're you know on a buy, I can't tell you not to drop him. But if it's an expendable spot, I would not advise that you drop James Jones. Sure, if you have the roster room, but I'm saying even if for a guy like Kamar Aiken, um, you know. 
something like that. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that that's he's he's a guy that should be starting in a lot of leagues. No, I am not disagreeing there. Yeah. Okay. So for me, Randall Cobb is clearly no longer a wide receiver one. Um, he's a wide receiver two. Uh, we he, the volume can be there, but we simply see that the offense is not moving down the field. And Randall Cobb, who is so quick and shifty in the red zone, cannot score if they're not in the red zone. Yeah, I think anybody, can, any team can throw up a few stinky games. Aaron Rodgers will get the will get this all back together, and Cobb's value will be back. Yeah, uh, again, I'm not. I'm certainly not dropping him or anything, but I think that right now he's a wide receiver two and not a wide receiver one. Yeah, I'm not selling low on him. If if you're insinuating that with the two versus one thing, I I, I can't I can't back any of that up. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not selling him. I'm just ranking him as a wide receiver too. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, and you know, James Jones is a wide receiver four with upside for me, and Devonte Adams is a low end wide receiver too. Sure. I mean, Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 60 times this game. If if that's happening, some people are going to score points, especially in PPRs. I mean, Randall Cobb still gave you 10 points. Um, speaking of some people, Justin Perillo, uh, who, you ask? Uh, <laughs> some people. I, I, up until this past week, I will be perfectly honest, I was with you guys. I'd never, ever heard of Justin Perillo. And guess what? Going forward... You, is that the hot dog guy? <laughs> going forward i'm not picking up perillo if anything i think richard rogers may be worth a pickup simply because when they do get to the red zone he's their biggest best target in the end zone yeah uh he he's he's done well in that role um he he doesn't get enough looks for me still there's so many other better tight ends that i'd rather have but i i can't ignore him anymore um i can't hate i you know i can't get mad at anybody for starting him yeah particularly i mean just looking at his production the last few weeks uh, you know the targets are there particularly in the red zone and that's basically what you want for your tight end yep um i guess that wraps up the uh, packers doesn't it yeah, and on the Minnesota side, currently in the lead in the NFC North, by the way, um, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Go Vikes. <laughs> apparently. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, he's been a, a great game manager for Minnesota, but they just want to run the ball so much. You're not starting him in fantasy. Um, but he is good news for, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs. Uh, the problem with Diggs, again, is that run-first philosophy. We've seen that his targets have dropped now that they haven't been in those shootouts. They they dominated uh, the game last week on the ground against Oakland uh, with Adrian Peterson well over 200 yards. Um, I think this would be another big Peterson game and not so much Stefan Diggs. What do you think? No, I, I, anytime you have Green Bay on the field, there's a, there's a potential for them to hang you know, 40 points on you. Um, so, so Diggs to me, I'm, I'm not benching him. I like his value. I like the, I like the way he catches the football. I like him to have the most targets on the team. Um, I think he, I think he has a shot to put up a very good week. I, you know, I, I agree that the upside's always there with a guy as talented as Diggs, but for me, he's a wide receiver three because the way I see this game playing out, I see more of a ground and pound approach with AP and I do think that the Minnesota defense, who uh, you know already gave Green Bay a, a difficult time last year, even with a healthy Jordy, is kind of going to do the same thing that Detroit did and really severely limit their offense. Yeah, I don't know. I think we see six touchdowns this game. 
I I would take I would take the under on three touchdowns for Rodgers. On touchdowns for Rodgers? Yes. Wait, say that again. Yeah, for Rodgers. I didn't say he was going to score six touchdowns. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I I would say that the Packers offense as a whole I would take the under on two and a half. On two and a half touchdowns? Yes. Oh, I'm hammer. You've, I, I'd hammer the over on that. Are you kidding me? Uh, do you want to make it official? Let's make it official. All right. I say that in week 11 against the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers offense is going to score fewer than two and a half touchdowns. And I say there isn't a chance in H-E double hockey sticks that they that they don't score three or more touchdowns. All right, we will we'll revisit this on the next podcast for sure. We will place that on the wall. Um so okay, I mean clearly we see different different ways that this game is going to go which is going to change how we view these players as fantasy assets. Sure. Um so for me uh, like I said Diggs is just a wide receiver 3 certainly with upside. Um Adrian Peterson is a, a running back 1 in your lineup. Uh, no need to really discuss him. No. Um, yeah, I mean, is is Kyle Rudolph even worth mentioning with that drop touchdown? I mean, he certainly gets <laughs> no, the end zone No, I still looks. don't think so, especially not in this Green Bay game. Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, Rudolph is a at best a desperation tight end uh, simply because Green Bay we, does We've talked about up. so many tight ends that it's not worth you know talking about Kyle Rudolph. There's only so many you can start in a league. Sure, but Green Bay and, does and if give you're up a lot both of points. Various Green and Antonio Gates, you know. <laughs> well, if Green plays, that is right. Right, I know. All right, so uh, the next game we're going to talk about here: San Francisco at Seattle. Um, is there even anyone you can start on San Francisco? I mean, Colin Kaepernick got benched for Blaine Gabbert. You're not starting Gabbert. Uh, at Seattle, even though he did okay at home against uh, poor Atlanta defense. Uh, on the running back side, Carlos Hyde is still hurt with that foot injury. We don't even know if he's going to play. Um, Sean Drawn, for me, would be a desperation flex at best. Um, and you're not starting any wide receivers with Blaine Gabbert throwing to them in Seattle. I, I Yeah, I think the only player is, is Bolden, maybe. I mean, they're going to have to try and generate some offense somehow um why not the the wily veteran possession receiver yeah and, and bolden even is still questionable with that hamstring so i don't know if you can start a hobble bolden against richard sherman <laughs> yeah i mean their first meeting they they I, I don't know if i expect sherman to track him i don't know if if bolden's quite good enough for that anymore in his career but uh what they held him to three points or or was it zero in their first meeting Look, uh, Bolden scored, uh, I believe he had just under 40 yards or so uh, in, in week seven. But uh, regardless, you're not starting him. Even if he if he doesn't get shut out, he's certainly not going to be a good play. He'll get you, you know, three points. Yeah, fair. I, 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 I'm just trying to pick one, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not I, I mean, honestly, for him. me, if there were one guy, it'd be Sean Drawn if Carlos Hyde is out. Yep, and this, uh, although at the same time, this game may have a whole, whole new uh, complexion with Gabbert back there instead of Kaepernick. I mean, you know, he's not a guy that's, they don't have the same skill set. Uh, okay, if by that you mean a, a worse skill set, then yes. <laughs> I mean, he did better, I guess. Against yeah, Atlanta, I, yeah, I think okay, Kaepernick fine, would have had a, a decent game as well. <laughs> Um, but either way, let's move on. It, it's just sad talking about the Niners. Um, Seattle side uh, certainly was a very tough matchup against 
uh, the Arizona Cardinals last week, but you expect bounce-back games from just about everybody here. Russell Wilson, uh, he had a pretty good game uh, at San Francisco, but in general, Wilson's been disappointing this year uh, because of the the woes of that offensive line. I, I think he's still just a low-end quarterback one, if that, even against San Francisco at home. Yeah, they're going to come out with their hair on fire this game. There's there's going to be points aplenty. I don't expect Pete Carroll to take his foot off the gas. Yeah, but if anything, I, I expect it to be another strong Marshawn Lynch game. He had over 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown the last time they met, uh, and yep. they're at home now. Uh, you know, you're starting Lynch despite uh, not a great performance last week, um, but even then he got you the touchdown, so you're you're not complaining about that. Um, you know, keep monitoring that uh, abdomen issue that he played through last week, but he certainly seemed to be all right. Uh, there were rumors earlier in the week that it might be a little bit more serious, but uh, everything seems to be uh, decent so far for Lynch this week. Dare I say that this may be a playable Tom Rawls game? Um, I don't know about that. I, I think that Lynch is going to take most of the workload here. If if you play Rawls, you're you're hoping for a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if they go up 20 points quick, I mean, I see no reason to, you know, leave Wilson in, but t- put put uh, take Lynch out, just preserve him. Yeah, that's true. Um, certainly worth a desperation flex if you need him. Um, the wide receivers here, Paul Richardson came back last week, promptly got hurt again. Uh, Tyler Lockett got banged up last week as well with an ankle injury. Um, I mean, one of Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Curse, and you know, will score a touchdown, but who knows who it's going to be? Uh, I don't know that you can start any of the wide receivers either. Yeah, uh, they they did um, get rid of Chris Matthews, the uh, man who made that amazing catch in the Super Bowl, but he wasn't really doing much in the way, anyways. Yeah, and even though the San Francisco secondary is poor, uh, we've seen that they just want to run the ball on them. Uh, Both Curse and Doug Baldwin had poor games last time against San Francisco, so I don't know that you can expect much better here. Nope. Um, On the other hand, Jimmy Graham did have quite a decent game against San Francisco last— or, I'm sorry, uh, he did not— uh, he also no. Uh, <laughs> He's had like one decent game. I know because I traded for him in the preseason. <laughs> well, he's had more than one, but he's certainly been more in- inconsistent than you expected him to be in past yeah. years. Um, I mean, basically, you're hoping for a Jimmy Graham touchdown. Yeah, exactly. He's um, become that sort of quarterback or that sort of tight end where he's not getting. You know, he's not the leading receiver because well, he might be, but nobody here can be considered a leading receiver on this on this uh, in this receiving core here. But if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're disappointed. Yeah, it's it's Marsh. It's the Marshawn Lynch show this week uh, against yep. San Francisco. That's about it. Um, so moving on here, the Sunday night game is going to be Cincinnati at Arizona. Oh, wait. Mung, what's What's that? Do you see that in in the distance? Is is it a bird? Is is it a plane? No, it's it's Bad Andy. Oh, we've been waiting for him all year long. So <laughs> good to see you, Bad that. Andy. Okay, all right. Um, I will say, in my defense, uh, there were many drops on his receivers' parts last night. Um, it was not all on Andy Dalton. That said, the Bengals' offense looked terrible against a formerly bad Houston defense. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, the Houston defense getting better, the Bengals offense stalling, or a little bit of both. Uh, Either way, very low expectations for this game here at Arizona. Um, 
a couple weeks ago, I would have told you that I would be very much looking forward to this game. Two very good teams on a Sunday night showdown. Um, and now I'm not so sure. Um, I, I would not like to start Andy Dalton in this game. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, they have an opportunity to eat him alive. Um, the insufferable J.J. Watt put it quite put it uh, quite lamely when he said that uh, they went and they turned the red rifle into the red BB gun. Good one, J.J. Um, expect Arizona to eat his children. Look, I, I expect at least a pick or two from Dalton, um, maybe even a fumble. Uh, on the running back side, Jeremy Hill looked terrible against the likes of Cleveland and Houston. I certainly am not starting Jeremy Hill uh, against Arizona. Um, Giovanni Bernard looks much better than Hill, but uh, I, I think Bernard is still startable as a low-end running back. Too. Yeah, you've got to start Bernard in this game, I think. Yeah, especially because he gets involved in the passing game. Um, but Hill. Yeah, I hope you don't. I hope you have an option alternate to Hill, but you might find yourself in the boat where he's your running back too. I was gonna say if you have any options that I I might start Chris, start Chris Thompson on the Redskins or something like that over Jeremy Hill this week. Oh, um, that's that's dropping him so far. I mean, this is a guy. I, I but mean, look you at his look production at value. You can't look at you know at, at your end of the season draft at this point. Um, Hill hasn't yeah, had a touchdown I, I don't since know. Washington week four. against. I mean, because that's such a terrible matchup that they have too. Um, but that's Washington what I'm saying. Carolina, I'd rather I'd rather bank no, on garbage no, I still time. Jeremy Hill in that. It's it's close. Uh, that might be a little far fetched. I mean, the fact that I just deliberated that for seventy seconds too long <laughs> should be telling you. Yeah, but you uh, certainly Gio Bernard on volume alone, uh, still a low end RB two. Just wouldn't expect a touchdown necessarily. Um, yeah. And on the receiver side, AJ Green struggled against the Houston, only five for sixty seven. Uh, what do you think he's going to do against Patrick Peterson? Um, uh, probably something similar. Yeah, if that. Um, certainly, yeah, you certainly can't bench AJ Green, but I wouldn't feel great about it. Um, yeah, um, Tyler Eifert, the number two, uh, option on this team, he, he, he always exhibits, you know, the, the ginger lack of soul, but of late he's been exhibiting a lack of hands. Uh, he's had a a few big drops in the end zone other places this year, but just some killer ones in this game. (laughs) First off, kudos on ginger lack of soul. I enjoyed that. Um, of course uh second off yeah and especially because arizona has been really good against defending the tight end this year um certainly again you're not benching eifert if he's your tight end but again i wouldn't expect a ton i I would expect something similar to what he did against houston Uh, you know three for 30 and you're hoping for a touchdown is this a Marvin Jones game? Maybe. I mean, I don't even think so. Uh, the the Car- the Cardinals backfield is just so darn good; they can really shut you down. Yeah, I, I honestly, uh, even though Marvin Jones could be the outlet with AJ Green well covered, uh, you know, with Matthew there, uh, and uh, all the linebackers are really good in coverage as well. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they, they're back seven. I mean, not not to say that their front four aren't good. Their front four are very good, but they have a superb. Uh, defensive back seven. Yeah, I think the best play here is going to be Geo, and again, maybe a lot of yeah. garbage time checkdowns. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. Um, so yeah, certainly downgrading everybody on the Cincinnati side, but you know, on the uh, on the Cardinals side, they are red hot. 
Um, you're starting Carson Palmer. Uh, he got you 360 yards and three touchdowns at Seattle. Uh, you're certainly not worried about facing the Bengals at home. Um, top five quarterback uh, on the running back side, Chris Johnson and uh, Andre Ellington splitting some work. I think it's still uh, Chris Johnson by a slight bit, but it is good to see Andre Ellington getting some more work. Yeah, Chris Johnson had, what, 80% of the carries here, I think, to running backs, 25 to 5. Um, Ellington just ripped off a nice long 48-yarder when, when they weren't defending him very well. Sure, but I'm saying that if he can do that against Seattle, Ellington has always shown that he doesn't need that many touches to be very effective. Yeah, but this is such a this. Well, okay, fine. I would start him over Jeremy Hill. Does that give you something? <laughs> Absolutely, would start him over Jeremy Hill. There you go. Um, maybe even David Johnson, hoping for a goal line run over Jeremy Hill. We'll see. Oh, I don't know. I think I need to see him into the game. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it could happen, but no, it's Jeremy Hill over David Johnson. I I can't joke that much. No, absolutely, you're starting Hill over David Johnson, but I'm saying there's like a 20% chance that David Johnson might have more fantasy points than Jeremy Hill in this game. It's true. That's not false at all. (laughs) Um, These receivers, uh, I'd like to see John Brown get a little healthier, but Michael Floyd has shown, you know, just what we talked about before. All of these guys have value when they can play. Yeah, just uh, just real quick, back to the running backs. I, I do think that sure. Chris Johnson will have a pretty decent game. Uh, signs uh, are good for Mike Upati. We're certainly glad to hear that he's got uh, you know full movement. Scary, he, very scary. Yeah, but uh, everything sounds very good for Upati. Uh, if he's back in this game, that'll help the running game a lot. Definitely. Um, yeah, and as, as you mentioned on the receiver side, uh, you're starting all of them. Uh, Michael Floyd, the only thing is that he did have that hamstring injury that uh, took him out of the game uh, late in the in the game against Seattle. But if he's active, uh, you, you got to play him. Even Jaron Brown, though, he's a he's a decent receiver. Uh, he's a wide receiver three on a lot of teams. Yeah, the, the only thing is I think he's fine if uh, Michael Floyd is out for this game. But if, if Michael Floyd's playing, then uh, Brown's still the wide receiver for I would. Oh, yeah, no, him. no, no. I, yeah, he, he, you're only looking at Jaron Brown only if he's getting that wide receiver to start. Sure, and I think the Cardinals are just stacked at the wide receiver position because J.J. Nelson hasn't done much all year behind all this yeah. talent, but he's got that insane speed that he could break it for a touchdown anytime. Well, Carson's Carson Palmer's a very good quarterback. Uh, he was a very, very good quarterback until he got chemo vonalclassened, I think, in, uh, what was it, 09 or something like that? Uh, maybe a little earlier, actually, maybe 07. Um, he's he's looked as good as he's ever looked right now. He's found his stride. There's no hint of fear in him when he plays. Uh, he plays with reckless abandon, throws the ball all the way around the field, and just is, is him. I mean, this guy is aged. But he's very, very good. He's just as good, if not better, than when he played for the Bengals. Sure. I mean, people forget that Carson Palmer won the Heisman, and he's got superb arm talent, and I think it just took a while until he found the perfect coach with Bruce Arians. Far and away the best Heisman winner in in recent years. Yeah, and, uh, you know, honestly, you're you're starting all your Cardinals, uh, especially if Floyd's healthy. Um, yeah, it's it's looking a lot like to me New England versus Cardinals in the in the Super Bowl right now. I mean, that's got to be the favorites. Ooh, uh, yes, but I wouldn't count the Panthers out. No, no, that's that's true too. But I, I think, I, I think that if the Panthers get that home field advantage against the Cardinals, they could pull out that win. 
Yeah, and and the the ever looming. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to see it happen. But there's still like a sixty percent chance that Carson Palmer gets hurt, and I hate to say it because he's done so darn well. And it's great to see this team put something together. Yeah, I certainly would love to see Palmer uh, go to the Super Bowl, and uh, hopefully he'll stay healthy, uh, especially for your fantasy teams as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so moving on to the Monday night game, then Buffalo at New England. Um, and we've seen that uh, there's been a resurgence with a healthy LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, very good running back. I mean, he's he's always had the talent. Yeah, and I, I think that he's just been hurt so long uh, that we forgot how electric he is. He looked amazing in the last couple of games. Yeah, against a very good Jets defense. Uh, compiled, what, a combined 160 yards? Yeah, and uh, New England is actually uh, pretty good against the run as well, but uh, I'm not that scared starting LaShawn McCoy against them. We've seen if that. You were watching McCoy, if you were watching that Jets game, McCoy just had it. He was he was shaking and baking, moving back and forth, making making great jump cuts and then getting himself downfield. He looked ex- he looked electric. That's really the best way to put it. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, the Buffalo offensive line has gotten better at the run blocking the last few games, and that's helped him out a ton. Um, and for me, Carlos Williams is a flex play. Uh, you know, these are fluky long touchdowns that he's scored so far, but he's shown that he's got the talent to do it. Yeah, that receiving touchdown, that seven-yard inside slant out of nowhere, nobody saw that coming. Yeah, and that that was a beautiful catch and throw. A, a lot of running backs oh, would not have oh, hauled that in. Oh, it was a 26-yard. Yeah, sorry. It was more of a 10-yard slant. 26-yard catch for a touchdown. My bad. Yeah, and I mean, just... I mean, if you need a flex, Carlos Williams is solid. I'd start him over Jeremy Hill. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think if, I think if we made a, a list of people that we would start over Jeremy Hill at flex, we would be here till like three in the morning. I think that would be a good homework excitement for Dan. <laughs> we'll, we'll reevaluate. Uh, who knows? Maybe Jeremy Hill will surprise us all. Um, I hope so. But uh, Tyrod Taylor here, the last time they faced Green Bay, certainly threw quite a few picks and lost them the game. Um, But at the same time, I think for fantasy, you're putting Taylor out there as a QB1. If you remember that fourth quarter, though, just the sheer amount of offense that he and Rex Ryan, or well, I guess Rex Ryan didn't have any part of it, but he and uh, and LaShawn McCoy were able to muster, come back in that fourth quarter. Uh, they brought the game very close at the end there. Um, Tyrod Taylor had those picks early, and I think I think one was late that sealed the game. But uh, w- when it really came to it, he got some yardage, got the ball where it needed to be. Yeah, and he's always got that rushing upside. Uh, you're plugging yep. in Tyrod Taylor, uh, despite you know a down week at the you know New York Jets, who are our good defense. Yep, and a healthy Sammy Watkins will help. Yeah, I was gonna say a healthy Sammy Watkins. Last time they played New England, had a touchdown and over 50 yards. And same with Robert Woods. I, I do think that uh, you know they're gonna need to keep up with New England here, despite the injuries on their side as well. Um, and I think Robert Woods is kind of a desperation flex. He could certainly get, uh, you know, a touchdown. Mm, are you starting Woods? Are you starting Woods over Jeremy Hill? Yeah, I think I would. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's 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 quite the conversation there. Uh, Charles Clay, I think I think he's going to uh, reestablish a little bit of value. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. The, these Buffalo Bills. Rex Ryan plays the uh, plays the Patriots quite well. I think this is going to be a well played game. Yeah, and certainly he's had plenty of exposure, uh, you know, both in New York and in Buffalo. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good, fun Monday night game to watch. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I hope we're not let down. 
Yeah. Um, And on the other side here, uh, the Patriots losing another key player. Um, Julian Edelman uh, lost for the fantasy season, it seems at least, um, with that broken foot expected to be back in, you know, six or eight weeks. Um, He's droppable. Yeah, definitely. He won't be back in time to help your team much. Um, So next man up mentality is Danny Amendola? Yeah, he's... uh... He's back there again. Uh, he, you liked him a lot. You all liked him a lot when he uh, when he was first signed by New England. Um, he's he basically is Julian Edelman uh, with a little more propensity for injury, a little less talent, but very similar guy. He's, um, you know, I've been a Danny Amendola fan since he was on St. Louis. I've owned him in in leagues since he was on St. Louis, and he's always had that you know electric ability. Um, the only thing, as you said, are the injuries. I think that he, if he stays healthy, Amendola can certainly put up 80, 80 plus percent of, uh, Edelman's production before he went down. 10 catches on 11 targets. I mean, it speaks for itself. Yeah. And especially to now with just Edelman gone, but also Dion Lewis, who caught a lot of those short passes as well. I think Amendola is going to be a busy guy. Yeah, he's going to have quite the day. Uh, James White did not have quite the day that people thought he would. Um, only one catch on one target and then uh, one rush. Um, LeGarrette Blunt stayed in for a good portion of that game. Um, I, I, I think White might get a little more work in this game, especially if uh, especially if they, the uh, Buffalo game plan is to try and hang points on the Patriots, which that's really the only game plan that you should have. Well, I think we might have we might see a little bit more James White just because it is uh, a little more difficult to run on Buffalo as well. Um, yeah. I don't think we're going to see a huge blunt game here. Um, I, you know, White is still just a, a low end flex because we really don't know at this point. Uh, he might get like four catches for fifty yards to kind of salvage that value in PPR. Um, but outside of that, I don't I don't see uh, Bolden as being startable anyway. Um, if I were picking one of those two, it would be James White. Uh, we saw that he played a lot more snaps than Brandon Bolden, who is more of a special teams guy. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, you're starting Brady and Gronk. There's not much to discuss there. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking. I mean, game game flow is is key for the Patriots, and then uh, the, the matchups. I mean, whatever makes the most sense is typically what what Belichick does. Uh, this uh, this may not be a very big LeGarrette Blunt game. I think James White is probably going to see the field for the majority of the downs, and uh, I'm expecting a big day if they can both stay healthy from Amendola and uh, LaFell. And, of course, Gronk is the Gronk is the Gronk. Yeah, and, you know, I do think that this will help LaFell uh, as well. He's already been getting a good amount of targets in that offense, um, and he hasn't gotten a touchdown yet, but he has been targeted in the end zone uh, on numerous occasions, and it's only a matter of time. Yep. Uh, you like your revenge games, Scott Chandler. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I could certainly see Buffalo trying to do their best to stop all these weapons, and he's one of those guys that just kind of gets lost in the mix. Yeah, he gets his sneaky touchdowns. Um, I will say that two guys uh, that I have on my watch list, uh, Keyshawn Martin and Aaron Dobson. Dobson hasn't done anything, um, but he Aaron Dobson gets. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, I, r- regardless of that, he's had some brutal drops in the past. Um, but he got targeted by Brady, I believe it was like three or four times on that final drive against the Giants last week. Yep. Um, if there is a little bit of chemistry starting to build there, uh, certainly uh, there's always fantasy value for anybody who's going to be in that Patriots offense full time. 
Um, yep. And Keyshawn Martin has made some good plays in the past too. So uh, certainly not adding either of them yet, but uh, worth keeping an eye on. Completely true. Uh, take a look at him. Um, and just because also uh, Keyshawn Martin hasn't done anything, but he has been out with a hamstring injury. So it's certainly not for lack of talent. Sure. I mean, this is this is yeah, it's pretty much the same story with like Aaron Dobson before he waiting for him to get healthy. Kendrell Tompkins waiting for him to get healthy. That yeah. that seems to be the story with uh, with wide receivers for the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it'd be scary if they had all their guys healthy. Can you imagine if they still had Lewis and Amendola and their linemen? All I can do is imagine it. Yeah, um, and certainly uh, just one last thing on the Patriots, not necessarily for this week, but if they do keep up this pace, um, unless they're going for a perfect season, uh, it is a little bit risky to see you know, whether they're not going to start resting guys as they have done in the past late in the season. So just keep in mind, we'll, we'll talk more about that you know, in the coming weeks. Oh, I think they're definitely going for a perfect season, though. That that That's what eluded them last time. They They're looking to make amends they're looking to atone for it they're looking they're still don't you don't you forget they're still trying to stick this season to roger goodell and no, there's no better way to do it than say hey we can win everything we ever get a chance to absolutely i'm saying that i'm rooting for the patriots to to get a perfect season because if they do drop a game then they really don't have any reason to go hard for week 16 no or that's 17. true um, so th- just one thing to keep in the back of your mind, uh, if you've, uh, you know, basically clinched a playoff spot, if they lose sell high, um, I mean, it depends, uh, on what you can sell high for, but certainly well, that's uh, the definition of selling high. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but that is going to wrap up the Monday night game as well as our week 11 preview show here. Um, again, a but little it's bit Tuesday night. I'm sorry, I, I meant for the Monday night game that we just discussed. Oh. For the coming week. Um, sure. But thank you for that. Uh, I understand sure, of where course. you're coming uh, Don't forget from. Cle- all your Clevelanders, uh, all, all one of your, you, you, Gary Barnage, and, uh, and of course, uh, oh my gosh, that wide receiver whose name is evading me right Franz now. Benjamin. Wow, I look stupid right now. TB. You're benching both of them. Uh, Manziel does have the start uh, going from here on. Uh, New Orleans on the bye. Your New York football giants on the bye. And Pittsburgh Steelers getting a well-needed bye. I don't know if you need to bench them just because of Manziel, but we'll talk about that next week. Um, So, again, I know this was a little bit of a different show. Uh, We're certainly very open to hearing feedback from you uh, in terms of what you want to hear, what's helpful for your team management. Um, As always, you can reach us on Twitter. Uh, We're always available. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los. Uh, feel free to get at me. Uh, give, I'll shout out for you. Thanks for letting me realize that uh, my Twitter wasn't working. Thank you, Ben Villock. Um So uh, d- don't be don't be shy. Of course, like us on the Facebook. Of course, and uh, subscribe to the podcast so we get automatic downloads. Uh, so that the next episode can upload. You don't have to go searching for it. You don't have to wonder when we're going to upload it. You just look at your phone and it will tell you. Oh, look, Fantasy Football Addicts next episode is right there, ready for you listening. Well, all right, all right, all right. As always, it's a fantasy world, and we're just all addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.